Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome again to another podcast episode of Talk Architecture. I'm your host, Naziati Muhammad Yaakob, and this is a sequel or part two of the latest podcast that I've published four or five days earlier called SketchUp and other 3D design software is not the answer to architecture design skills. Now, why why am I addressing this? Is because I was um, I can never argue in a architecture curriculum review session the issue of digital or, or using software uh, tools. Um, properly. Can't really argue it properly. Now, having the chance to actually um, did an Erasmus Mundus uh, staff mobility exchange program in 2015, where I actually went to the University of Porto in um, Porto, uh, Portugal, um, 2015, and interviewing each year, um, each year studio master coordinator and looking at the students' work for each year um, at this University of Porto School of Architecture. As you know, that school is famous uh, because of um, the found founders or the main protagonists for the architecture curriculum design was Alvaro Cesar. Uh, one of the icons of modern movement, and also uh, Suto de Moro, and many others. And in their program, in, in Porto's program, um, you don't do uh, digital or soft, uh, using software tools as the main thing, um, main design tool, um, until you're in the fourth year. So meaning that the first three years, everything is manual. And University of Porto graduates, they're mostly uh, Portuguese speakers, and their English is limited. Um, If compared to Malaysian universities, we speak English a lot, and we can be comparable. Now, their graduates are 100% employed even though they do not speak English well, many of the graduates work in the United Kingdom. What does that tell you? That tells you that the other skills that they have compensates for the lack of language skills. I'm sure they can pick up English very well working in England after a while. And um, so... What that tells you is also that um, the focus is on content. The focus is on specific skills so that the students are more confident. And there is a momentum from the first year to the second year to the third year. I was also quite intrigued with, not quite, but intrigued 
and may be very intrigued about the first year project, which introduces scale earlier on and the understanding of scale, the understanding of proportions earlier on. And um, now why I'm saying this is because I, referring back to the last podcast, we have the issue about the curriculum. I said that um, SketchUp, you know, SketchUp is very popular, and they even say that SketchUp should be the um, default digital software, not AutoCAD, and that they say they could do plans with SketchUp, etc., etc. I'm not going to go into that debate, but SketchUp and other 3D design software, including AutoCAD, is not the answer to architecture design skills, meaning the students at second year, when you ask when you give the option to the students to do digital softwares, the option, there is a momentum to acquire them because they're the Gen Zs. They're the one who so used to all sorts of um, softwares ever since they were born. So, but we as the designers of the architectural curriculum, we should understand why the manual drawing skills are important in the earlier stages. It is part to do with the design skills. It's part to do with visual, visualization, conceptualization, you know, having that image in our mind and drawing it and confidence to draw it immediately and having the skills to draw it manually and free our freehand is being... Um, uh, freehand drawing skills are are deemed to be important in actually instantly drawing it out, right? So it's a it's based on intuition, it's based on feelings, and it tells a story quicker. Now the the thing about it is, I am um, I'm reflecting this after years of being in academia and. And, uh, of course, I have taught people who were not having SketchUp. There was no SketchUp yet. They were more into manual drawings. I was uh, also someone who came from that era. Now, people, when they criticize what I have to say, they would say, oh, because you don't do this software, you would say like this. It's not about that. It's about seeing the students' confidence levels. Now, I'm going to meet a few students Um in the next few days, and um, I am expecting them to talk about their frustrations, about their... Only the students who really, really have a strong desire, you know, really motivated, would push through this. But then, what are you talking about? Are you talking about 25% out of 100%? That's why we have only about... 20, 40% of the students setting out to be an architect deciding to follow through to part two. Yeah, that is not only the statistics common this currently, but also in the last 10 years. So you have less and less of these students who has to figure out whether, you know, they could be trying to figure out themselves um, all these things, and whether they want to do architecture, and they, they're giving themselves a year or two years 
in order for them to pick it up. But you're not giving them a chance in the second year to pick it up because there you go. All the classmates around are doing digital architecture. Now, one of the things that I noticed in a few of the students, notably there was one particular student who was doing very well doing manual drawings and was getting into precedence and getting into reading plans and getting to understand how to visualize in looking at his plans and able to visualize. And, you know, suddenly everybody is doing digital softwares in the second semester and he decided to follow everybody else. He did have an option not to follow everybody else. So that, excuse me for that uh, interruption. So in that way, um, there is a problem that um, uh, we see that we're not giving the students to understand why, why uh, the students to actually explore those things that they need to explore. We're not giving them the chance to actually um, find themselves in this few years, in the second year, and then suddenly they are thrown to the third year where they have to actually complete technical drawings. And so that, that exploration of uh, building up the skills and then they, they, they settle with poorer grades, make them lose their confidence. And suddenly they think, oh, I, I'm, I don't think I'm cut out to be an architect. But why are you not cut out to be an architect? So those students who did digital architecture, uh, they were good in manual drawing. And then they went to digital architecture. There are this other set of students that because uh, it's easy to render and make it look pretty. And it doesn't help that I've seen this before in the third year the best students don't really have a sense of space and uh, proportion and scale, but they're deemed to be A students. So the message that is being uh, sent out to the, the other students that you just have to do pretty wild drawings with, uh, you know, organic forms or free flowing and, you know, you just render it very well and make it wow looking and you will get an A. Where is the content? Where is the, the real architectural stuff? It's not plonking of spaces, you see, and then you make it a wow sketch up drawing and then you are a potential um, to, to go into this, the part two, but without much content, without much understanding about architecture and you are looking and eventually you'll just play with um, digital architecture software and and uh, you'll get your A's. So this is some a, a problem with the summative and formative or formative and summative assessment by the tutors. Not only is the architecture curriculum wrongly set out to actually um, um, give a false sense of security to the students that they have got the skills and they will do well, which the fallout will come later. Or there won't be any fallout, but, you know, students will go imagining that that's what an architect do, but an actual, uh, you know, parametrism and knowing only one way of designing is not going to make you the complete architect. You'll get stuck into becoming an illustrator or 
a limited graduate architect and you'll be frustrated because you can't really have any choices after that to do design, but you end up working for somebody or working for a developer or just doing basically graphics. Yeah, there are students in the second year. Uh, recently, last week, she mentioned to me that she... Um, uh, I don't think I'm going to be cut out to be an architect. I think I, I will be um, a... Um, a graphic designer and she just didn't give herself a chance you see you don't give up because it's not your fault you you have all the possibilities of becoming a good designer but because you 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 were the different or the wrong values or the wrong verdict or the wrong feedback was given to you and you thought that oh I'm a poor in architecture you know, you just, because, you know, some students, I, I'm noticing that from day one, they don't want to do circular forms. Now, their circular forms, it's not the best way in terms of you want to do functional, functional aspects of architecture or the um, critical dimensions. You know, you, you give a lot of space or you give too little space or... Um, you're not really understanding about modular system and and first year do circular forms, second year do circular forms, third year do circular forms. You're not learning anything and then you just get fascinated with that. And if your um, architect or your boss and after you finish third year ask you to do not a circular form and you can't able to handle it, and, and they will say, what did they teach you in architecture school? Yeah, that's the question that the tutors in the architecture school has to answer. So you can design the curriculum so that students don't always go and do circular forms. So you, you got to like, um, either you do that or you are a tutor in a unit and you tell your particular student, I'm not going to accept any circular forms. You guys have to deal with rectangular or square or, or, you know, it has to be a module. It has to be based on um, tectonics. Now, Giorgio Grassi, in some of his writings, um, I've read some uh, in 1990s uh, with the TU Delft uh, publication. He talked about um, this uh, discovering of tectonic uh, in architecture, discovering of construction or uh, the technical aspects of architecture. And after a while, you have to discover that. You know, when you're in the first year, maybe you you might be, it's like a, a transition between not doing architecture but doing architecture and you still have all these things to apply and work out, you know, trying to get, work, you know, just just trying it out, you know. And in the second year, by the second year, there is a sense of tectonic that you have to understand. Um, and um, the technical part will come out in the second year. And then third year, you'll be understanding more about integrated uh, services and structures to your architecture. And how your school deals with it. Maybe your school says, no, uh, you just show more of drawings or art. But you also have a technical side that you need to deal with, with your uh, architecture understanding. So um, 
even in your artistic or drawings, architecture drawing could be very artistic, but the sense of the tectonic is, could be also there in your artistic drawings. Not necessarily after you have to draw grid lines or you have to make it like a working drawing, a presentation. No, that's not what I'm trying to say, but you know, there is this, um, the sense of the technical aspects of it, which, which is at the end of the day, that's what you need to go and acquire. You need to actually, um, be good at that aspect of architecture. Architecture is a lot of science in there, but what science? So even scale and proportion are science. And it has to do with the material, what material can do, right? So um, we're going back to this point. The first point was the poor design of the architectural architecture curriculum affects students have lack of confidence. So being lack of confidence in many aspects, lack of, uh, because of the feedback that you receive that you're not getting there, you, your drawing lacks something. So you, what is it? You don't know. By third year, you just want to go through third year and graduate, but you think you come out of it not confident, and you think you 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 you're not going to pursue part two because the verdict was um, your your design is not good enough. Why was it not good enough? Is it the sense of technical um, or tectonics is not there, or you know, there's so many things that could ha to be happening to a student of architecture, and it did. It was not, it is not the problem that the students lack of, uh, of uh, study or lack of doing project, but guidance and the poor design of the architecture curriculum in which I'm pointing out my proposal is that manual drawings should be done more in the first and the second year and even the third year, like the University of Porto. There's evidence enough to show the confidence of the graduates there in pursuing in 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 in, in being employed, not because Porto is not it's not developing fast. If you were to 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 uh, sorry not Portugal, if you look at you go to Portugal or you go to the cities and towns, uh, please uh, I I would like to apologize to uh, anyone listening from Portugal there, but I really had a good time and I really respect University of Porto. But I noticed there's not much development. If you go to Malaysia, there's all sorts of construction and, and you know, this, the, the second highest tower has just been built uh, in the world. And, you know, you have a lot of other constructions happening here and there. People have, you know, I mean, I don't know in the next few months of the year, but this is, I'm talking about the current situation. But in 2015, when I went to Porto, there wasn't much construction. So there wasn't, wasn't much employment there. And so a lot of the Portuguese um, architects left Portugal to go and work in places like the UK. So they're employable. They're employable anywhere, you know, because of their skills. They don't have to be superb in English language of German or whatever. They are employable because of that. And so what is it? What is the reason for that employability? The confidence the confidence to get a brief and do the architecture and produce and deliver. There is no hesitation. There is a sense of tectonics because of the manual drawing. You go over and over again. There's a sense of, of visualization and conceptualization, which is intuitive, which is the first part of the design. 
there is no delay, you know, they know what, what the job to be done quickly, and that's it. What else would your boss wants you to do? But if you've been drawing and uh, sketch up with circles and circles after circles every semester until your third year, you're not going to be employable at the end of it. So that's why when students of architecture come up to me and say, I'm going to go into graphic design, I am not surprised at all because the school has let you down. Sorry. So number two is to do with the schools again, not providing the right sort of training for students of architecture and forcing them to do digital applications and software such as SketchUp too early when they have not mastered being able to read plans in 3D or lack the imagination and manual drawing skills. I was talking about this earlier. I think point one and two, um, I've discussed it already. And um, number three is the accreditation body does not identify precisely, get real feedback and deal with how schools of architecture should conduct in terms of curbing the lack of interest students have and lack of confidence and wanting to be an architect and also the subsequent fallout after they graduated. Um, yes, the accreditation body, uh, all countries have this accreditation body and some accreditation body, I, I suppose, give more freedom to other, uh, to the universities um, than other accreditation body. So um, it depends whether you want to because I, I wrote this because, in my opinion, the Malaysian accreditation body for architecture schools gets in there, get among, get among the schools and give um, guidance. There is a guidance uh, for the schools to, to make sure that the students are doing architecture and not something else. So, yeah. Make sure that the students are doing architecture and not something else. That's what I would like to repeat that point because don't make the schools do graphic design all the time and not being, uh, not <laughs> graphic design skills, lopsided, uh, you know, like uh, not really balanced. They're too much graphic design because people are using software to design. They're not using their own brains more or their own visualization, their own, you know, they are not um, uh, designing like architects should be de designing. So yeah, get into it. Get amongst the School of Architecture. Point it out, you know, what they are doing wrong. And when the students of architecture give feedback in one of your school vi uh, uh, CAEM visits, when CIM visit, they, they talk to students of architecture. If the student of architecture says something about that, you know, says something about, uh, well, they can only do that if the student of architecture says something about that. And I don't know what they say because I'm not in that, uh, in that room or the online um, feedback session, obviously. But that's a big deal of a thing to, for, for CIM to find out. You know, just say, um, asking the questions would get the student to to uh, express themselves better. Asking them the confidence about their confidence in drawing skills. 
Um, and what the expectations of being an architect, for example. Uh, ask them about the quality of the feedback that they receive. Because who is going to be accountable for the sort of feedback in interim and um, presentation when they deal with the industry? The students present and then the industry uh, or those crit critics who come, are they focused in helping the student or is just something, a venue for them to, to rant or just give an opinion which may be not pertaining to that particular student's uh, development? So the quality of the formative assessment that has been done, because that is as, is an assessment as well. It's not just a, a, a time to get to know each other. It's, it's you, because architecture is one of those, um, what do you call it, uh, profession that has strong peer pressure or peer uh, learning, you know, it's about drawing and the quality of drawing. So the peers that come, may it be a director in a huge company or a freelance architect or even um, someone slightly older than them coming in to create their work, they all have something to say about the quality of work or the quality of thought or the quality of the conversation, the quality of the presentation in terms of architecture, and architecture has only one game to play. It's not rocket science. What is architecture? Architecture is a student is as good as their drawings, and what are their drawings? If their drawings is unreadable, and you know, there's something wrong there. The clarity of thought is not there. It's not, you know, it's when they give a narrat narrative, and then it. It makes sense and the clarity of thought and the drawing is coupled or reflected their presentation, the narrative, then bravo, you know, the student has got it, you know, and they can take from that experience and repeat again and again until they become much more better. At what point do you want the student to actually have that sort of skill? Third year? I think it's too late. Second year? is like the cutoff point when the student have to get it right in terms of the narrative and their the drawing skills. If you tell me it's third year, okay, then some students may not get it or third year is a cutoff point. But third year is so, so much uh, expectations and technical competencies and not only technical but a, a greater complexity. So there's that thing between second year and third year that you need to get it right in schools of architecture. Therefore, lecturers, tutors have to work harder to get it right, you know. So there is no two ways about it. So what does the uh, CAM has to do? Yeah, in, in, in the accreditation body, they, what do they have to do? They have to see this. They, they have to identify this each, these evidences of the learning, whether it is done the second year or the third year, whether the learning has produced the sort of, not produced, but have uh, affect the student in a way that they are confident or not. So yeah, I'm just going through the three points that I said earlier in part one, and this is a sequel. And I've given more examples um, 
and went into straight into the points um, and in the context of the school that I taught in. And I reflect that also in other schools of architecture in Malaysia. Some are worse, some are better. So, you know, I mean, I've been asked to go to crits to many schools of architecture. And there are discussions in different platforms, such as Clubhouse uh, and other, and these platforms give under, the understanding of what's going on. And much of the conversation is from practitioners. In the Clubhouse, we have mostly the practitioners, not the academicians, obviously. And so we can't just leave it to chance about what's happening in schools of architecture in Malaysia. And maybe this is an indication of what's happening in the world because this fascination with digital architecture and software and um, parametricism and all this, this um, could be a good thing in certain schools of architecture because they have a different context in terms of what they want the architects to be and expectations of it. So we are also reacting to what the architects or those in, in companies when they receive the students to become their employees and, was, and the expectations that they actually have. And they would comment about this. And I got a lot of likes and um, mostly likes for this podcast that I did earlier. Because when I see my podcast in Facebook, for example, um, there are not many likes, actually, whenever there's a podcast coming out. But this one has a lot of likes. And I see a lot of interest, interest from Malaysia, Malaysians because there's a lot of downloads coming from Malaysians. And um, nobody is arguing against what I said so far. I don't see it in the Facebook. And, um, yeah, I am not here saying I'm... I have observed this for many years and I, at first when it started out, I was concerned that this was happening. And then when I teach, I can see the problem myself. So where are we going? Where are we going? I just said the direction of uh, architecture in Malaysia. Thank you very much for listening.